AB InBev back in court. And buy remorse for Constellation. Beer cans that'll talk back to you. Fuck it, it's all beer. And welcome to It's All Beer, industry news, craft beer insanity, and weird things done in bottles. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. How you doing, Tyler? Uh, doing excellent. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing all right. It's been a, it's, it's been one of those days. <laughs> hey, at least we got a beer now. We do. What are we drinking today? Uh, so I've got a little bit of Anderson Valley out of California's Brute IPA. And what do you got? I've got uh, the uh, Mountain Standard IPA. I was a little bit shocked because uh, this is... Not only is it one of my favorite uh, seasonal beers from Odell, but it's the only black IPA or Cascadian dark ale, depending on how pretentious you are, that I actually kind of like. But uh, it's uh, it's it's straw colored. It's hazy. It's wonderful, but not what I expected. Yeah, I, and I think it might be a year round from them now. So that's almost a shame because I, I, like I said, I don't like the dark IPAs, but Mountain Standard was always one I looked forward to. So. Get over it. Odell, bring back the dark... I can't believe I'm saying this, but bring back a dark IPA. It was it was nice. Don't do it, Odell. Maybe not. This is this is pretty good. What? How's the, uh, how's the brewed IPA? Excellent. So get kind of a nice fruity flavor coming through with a nice dry finish. Excellent. Yeah. So as we teased in the headlines, AB InBev is back in court. This time with Heineken. Question, have they ever left court? Do they just have people that just live there now? <laughs> I don't know. I swear if they spent half as much as they do on lawyers on improving their beers, craft beer would be out of business. I mean, I feel like for 50 cents they could improve their beer, but... <laughs> Quarter's a quarter, man. Fair enough. Uh, so this time, uh, these two are battling over a new style of keg. So most people, when they think of a keg for serving beer, they think a stainless steel... Either 15.5, 13.3, half barrel or 50 liter keg, or they think of the pony kegs that are the 5.15 gallons, um, and stainless steel, you know, they think that Heineken and AB InBev are trying to make it smaller for, to quote them, so small intimate bars that don't want to spend the money and invest in a draft system can have poor beer draft style from any counter or for people at home because i i don't know that just seems weird to me if you're a bar wanting a it, it, not even a five five gallons too much a bar would say oh fui and pasha to your five gallons i need a two gallon setup so i can get rid of like three kegs in a day uh yeah it makes no sense if you're gonna move through any volume of beer i don't know and i'm like a draft system is not that expensive to install especially for a restaurant Go buy, go to Costco, buy the two-tap kegerator that comes with the fridge and everything for $400, put it behind the bar, bada-bing, bada-boom, you're selling <laughs> beer. <laughs> so, I think most, if you're in the industry, you're aware of the Sankey kegs. Is this a different style of keg that they are fighting over, or what is, what is that issue? So, with this, I don't think it's using a Sankey coupler, but how it's kind of working is, and I've seen this done with wine, mostly is it is a keg where it pushes the air in but all the beer is actually in a sack inside of the little keg so the air never actually touches the beer which they're saying it's better than using compressed air and i'm like what dumb fuck uses compressed air uh you use co2 or beverage gas which technically i guess you could consider compressed air 
but it's food grade air that you're pumping in to dispense the beer. Uh, but with this system, it is a small sack that as the air gets pushed in, it squeezes the sack, all the beer goes out, and then you get rid of it. I feel like that the, the, the air squeezing the sack is something that happens to me in the morning, <laughs> and it's an unpleasant situation. Hey, I mean, that's why it starts dribbling at first. So... <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and that's, uh, I think we're done for. Um, well, all right, so who came up with it first and what, I mean, who, is this another instance of uh, AB InBev just taking what they want and doing what the fuck they want? And I think so. So looking at the article from Bloomberg, um, AB InBev filed a complaint that it said, in quotes, not well received by Heineken, which pulled <laughs> a single patent out of its quiver in retaliation. Um <laughs> Which I'm like the wordplay right there is fantastic. <laughs> the single, <laughs> like a Will, like William Tell on ABM Bev's apple, <laughs> pulled one single patent. <laughs> uh, but so apparently they each have uh, Heineken and Stella Artois and AB brand each have these systems uh, over in Europe. Heineken's is called the Blade. ABM Bev's is called Nova. <laughs> yeah real great names uh but should be just called sadness <laughs> want a beer let me tap the sadness <laughs> but so they filed the complaint both of them have uh court cases being heard heineken's case against ab and bev is being heard first and the trial should go through or be able to last until april 23rd uh and then ab InBev's complaint will be heard by a different judge starting on May 6th. Um, and then the judges are expected to issue their findings in September. So I'm like, AB InBev said that they had the patent for this, and then Heineken said, we're the ones who invented this, so I'm not sure really who's going to win. But either way, it seems sad for whatever bar buys this. Or two episodes in, and one uh, and one set of trailers, and AB and Bev is either suing or being sued in every single one of them. So, well done, AB and Bev. I I hope to uh, rack up a, uh, another hundred and hundred episodes. Looking forward to it. They're the content kings. <laughs> All right, corporate acquisition fuck up news now. <laughs> um, I don't know. A little history first. Um, Constellation, owner of such high quality brands as Corona and Pacifico, uh, which are two beers. That are basically designed to be vomited into a porta potty during spring break. They also now own a Mezcal brand. Just bought it this week. <laughs> Just to make it make my point. <laughs> um, back in 2015, um, they bought uh, Ballast Point, which makes, of course, Sculpin and Victory at Sea. The most overpriced brewery in America. As we are getting, yeah, the sale price for that was a record $1 billion. I mean, when you're charging. $17 for a six-pack of Grapefruit Sculpin. I could kind of see it, but I thought it was a little bit of a stretch. Well, you know what? Surprise, surprise. So does Constellation at this point in time. <laughs> so, according to the piece from uh, Brewbound by uh, uh, Chris Furnier, Constellation is closing two Ballast Point locations and abandoning plans for a San Francisco brew pub. Uh, the company recorded a $108 million impairment charge, which... As near as I can figure, that's an, a, uh, an admission that we paid too much and we get to write that off on taxes. That's the second one they did. Really? So they did like an $83 million impairment charge, I think like the same year or the year after they bought it. 
So they're almost so now they're admitting they paid almost three hundred two hundred million two hundred million. Well, this one's a hundred. This one's hundred eighty, and if they did one hundred eight, so yeah, we're all but we're two hundred million, million in. Yeah. So I mean, I guess. I guess what I take away from this is this is good news for anybody that's bought an Apple product in the past three years. It turns out you can get some of your money back if uh, <laughs> if you can just <laughs> refund overpriced shit. That's right, Apple. I'm still kind of pissed off it took you over a week to get this podcast on. <laughs> so besides that, let's get back to the beer. But uh, when this happened in 2015, um, I think we were we both saw the news and were a little bit suspicious whether any brewery was worth a billion dollars. A, this kind of confirms it for me. It oh, it hundred percent confirms it for me. What kind of caught me off guard was they're trying to streamline their books, uh, so that's why they're closing a couple of the locations. But your tap room. Is where you make the biggest margin out of anywhere. So why are they pulling tap rooms down instead of trying to draw back some distribution or restructure their current distribution network? Well, one of the sites they are closing, which it, this one of the sites they're closing sort of makes sense. It's the uh, Trade Street Sour Beer and Barrel Aging Facility, which they opened in 2017. That one sort of kind of makes sense because that strikes me as a gigantic money pit that if you're, I don't know, if you're, if you're into craft beer, that's cool. But if you're a pencil neck in a, in a, a corporate office looking at things to cut, a bunch of barrels sitting in a warehouse seems like an obvious choice, but. That could be hit or miss. Although, I mean, that, I don't know, that strikes me as. No, that, that one I can kind of see because that's a lot of capital being tied up. For long periods of time, and like I said, could be hit or miss. Question though, I mean, in 2015, 2015 were the heady days of corporate acquisitions. I think uh, that was the year that AB InBev bought. Was that the year they bought three breweries or four? I think so. It or, was. Or I think that- they bought Golden Road right around that time out of California as well. Uh, and Breckenridge was after, I think. It seemed like they all happened on the same time. Golden yeah, Road, Breckenridge, a... uh, Twin Pine, or Three Peaks out of Arizona. Four Peaks? Four Peaks. Uh, an indeterminate number of peaks. Yeah. And then that kind of... There was a period there in 2015, I think up 2016, where uh, AB InBev, Miller Coors, and an and a, assorted other companies were just snatching up craft breweries. That's gone away. Do you think that's... Do you think uh, uh, they were overvalued at this point in time, and that's why they just kind of stopped, or... I think some of them were overvalued, uh, but I think at some point you can only buy up so many before you're just spending money to spend money. I mean, if you look at it, I think Miller Coors bought the fewest with only buying like St. Archer and Hop Valley. And then, yeah, you have Constellation making that purchase. Then they bought Funky Buddha two yes. years later. Uh, so, I mean... Some were overvalued, some were undervalued. Looking at you, Elysian, who took a smaller price to go with AB InBev and then got made fun of for it. <laughs> uh, but, so that's, it, it's a case-by-case basis, but I do feel Ballast Point was overvalued. Well, I mean, I, it clear, if, once the company's willing to admit it is, I think, we're, I think the, the jury is now done on that one. I, I don't know, I think it's interesting that, uh, that we've kind of reached that point where, okay, the... The corporate acquisitions of the breweries has kind of slowed to a trickle, 
it's there's been a while. I I seem to recall one a few weeks ago uh, by by a, a, a company not unlike the one that owns Oscar Blues. Yeah. So the the part from my perspective that's tricky with the hedge fund company basically owning your brewery like they do Oscar Blues is they're in it for a profit and they are solely profit driven. With Inkasi going to the same thing, so they can start buying up breweries. If that hedge fund that owns the majority stake in you now turns around and goes, you're not bringing in enough profits, I'm going to liquidate all you guys. What's to say ABMBev then doesn't scoop up in the market and be like, oh, I'm getting these on 50 cents of the, on the dollar. This is a way better deal. <laughs> um, one thing that was encouraging was the fact, I, I found it kind of encouraging they closed down the barrel shop. I like the idea that maybe sour beers and barrel aging are just one of those things that you have to be a small craft brewery to pull off. Uh, you need to have that sort of foresight, that sort of passion. Um, Cascade comes to mind. I remember uh, talking to uh, the local distributor for them. Uh, he goes over there every once in a while, and rep- he re- he once told me that they have a whole section in their uh, in their barrel house of beer that is too good to sell, which is just frankly charming <laughs> the fact that there's a brewery a business like no we don't want to sell this this is too damn good they're also a brewery that exclusively does like barrel aged sours and all that and most of their 750 bottles retail at about 35 dollars a bottle so i don't think they're hurting for capital well but my but my point is that they're still a small independent uh, independent uh, uh company and it's it's encouraging that maybe there are some things that you have to be small and independent to be able to pull off. Uh, where I'm going to disagree with you on that, and I get where you're coming from, look at Firestone. Fair enough. I guess I, I, I got to have to... <laughs> Although they're not doing... I mean, their stuff is cool, but they're not doing anything earth-shattering lately. I mean, people still go out and buy Parabola every year. Sticky Monkey. Well, people go out and buy uh, Bourbon County. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but... Oh, I'll I'll leave it there. It's a it's a it's an interesting thought. Um, one more one thing. quick little note before we change topics is I actually saw an article today before I came over here. We're not going to talk about it, but <laughs> modern yet yet, yet uh, <laughs> modern times is trying to do some uh, crowdsource funding to fund some expansions, and they're putting on WeFund. Uh, they are putting their company valuation up there, and they use the same multiplier that Constellation Brands use for uh, ballast points, barrels to what their valuation would be. And so they did the same thing and said, this is industry standard, Why? We're, this is why we're doing it. And in my head, I'm like, but Constellation Brands has been in the news the past couple days saying, we overpaid. It's industry standard to do something ungodly stupid. Is that's fair enough? <laughs> Just accept that, Tyler. We're in craft beer. We do stupid shit all the time. One more little fun fact: the layoffs are announced the same day as Constellation announced a four billion investment in Canopy Growth Corporation, a Canadian cannabis company. So I guess what I'm saying here is that anyone who is losing their job or is about to lose their job with Ballast Point uh, can rest easy knowing that their uh, job's going to a better place. <laughs> Specifically, uh, Potfield in Canada. <laughs> Fair enough. Pretty soon we'll have Cannabis Corona. That actually sounds like an improvement. I would <laughs> I would drink some cannabis. I'd drink the shit out of some Cannabis Corona before I vomited into a porta potty. 
Okay, so up next we got beer labels talking back to you. The last thing I goddamn need. Uh, I mean, I, I'm tired of all the customers and family members talking back to me, so why not have my beer do it too? Uh, so it's... The first time I had ever seen this was with uh, 19 Crimes Wine. Uh, they have a label where if you download an app, uh, it's all people from the 18th, 19th century that got committed a crime over in Britain and then got shipped off to Australia to go to jail because that's what the Brits did, sent them to another country. It is a good system when you think about it. I mean, it don't, don't bother dealing with the criminals and degenerates yourself. Just shipping them up overseas and eventually they might come up with a country like Australia. Which is, you know... It explains a lot. It does. <laughs> and that's why any Brit will get pissed if you go, is that an Australian accent? And they go, no, that's where we send our prisoners. <laughs> Download the app on your phone. You'd pull it up and hover over the label. And the label would start talking through your phone. And you could see the character's mouth moving. They'd tell you the story of the crime that you committed. Miller Coors apparently did this on St. Patty's Day a couple years ago. And if you scan their commemorative box with the app, there'd be a leprechaun dancing. Uh, racist as shit is what that <laughs> is. <laughs> it's racist against Irish. Doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't count. Uh, but I'm super for this our, idea. You can take our beer, but you'll never take freedom. <laughs> I'm super for this. I personally, from the marketing side, love this because... Most people want to choose to drink a beer or drink from a brewery because they want to. They know about that place. They know the story behind it. A story will sell the product. It's not just the product. I ran into uh, these last year. The one that, um, and this was still wine, the fact that they're moving it to beer is, I guess, in, sort of inevitable. It surprised me, but then it really didn't because why wouldn't you? Uh, the one that I remember was a... Um, there's a there was a brand of wine called um, um, oh it was something that have to do with zombies. It was it was a complete uh, uh, rip off of Walking Dead. Okay, but it was cool because you set up two bottles and set up your camera in just the right angle, and then the totally not the main character from The Walking Dead. It's totally not that guy, except it looks and sounds exactly like, but it's totally not him. <laughs> would crash out of the bottle. And walk around, and then a zombie would crash out of the other bottle. The the guy that was definitely not the main character of The Walking Dead, I want to make that totally clear, would then shoot the zombie several times. Awesome. Which was, I mean, that was badass. Um, the, the wine company that really didn't exist was called Last Wine in the World. That It was just repackaged shitty wine, but the bottles were cool. Yeah. No, I... So, 19 Crimes apparently is doing some beers. It's only available in Ohio from the article I saw. Uh... Similar style to what the wine was with the augmented reality can and box labels. I know for the brewery I work for, the owner and I were talking one day and I was like, hey, you know, I think this would be a great idea if we could get partner with, you know, a computer developer or someone going to school as an internship and let's get this going and, you know, where you can scan and the owner pops up and he's talking about the actual beer and the story behind the beer or the story behind the brewery. It's a great way to tie in with your customers and make it fun. Actually, that that does sound kind of cool. Um, it, there, there's obviously a gimmicky aspect to it that I think will really get annoying pretty quickly. But the idea of being able to tell your story through your label, which is what you're trying to do anyway. Yeah, and instead of having to put a description that people 
Some people are going to read, but some people are never going to read. It It's a fun way to tell a story by actually being able to physically tell the story. And you don't have to pay someone to stand at every grocery store in America and be like, Hey, have you heard about this beer? And thousands of jobs are lost. <laughs> and they have to go to a pot farm in Canada. Development. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking with IPAs news now. As are we, we were recording in 2019, uh... The brief uh, Brute IPA craze is petering out, thank the gods, although I have to admit it, this one from Anderson Valley um, is quite nice. Um, the hazier New England style is still going strong. Uh, the West Coast IPAs are kind of a fond memory of barely remembered past, but... Um, still sell well on the West Coast. <laughs> well, there, I don't know, there's, kind of, there's been a, res- a sort of kind of resurgence, I think. People are slowly getting tired of the hazy IPAs, but... The what... How I see IPA for breweries is, in a couple years, everyone will have a West Coast still. Everyone will have a Hazy. And you just bounce back and forth between the two. Ah, but I disagree. See, this is the new this is the new future of IPAs. Uh, this comes from Johnny Fullpint from um, thefullpint.com. Um, Half Acre Beer out of, uh, or sorry, it should be Half Acre Brewery out of Chicago announced a new core beer today. The Boredom IPA which is a, quote, New American IPA, is right in the middle of East and West Coast styles. So, <laughs> we're not sure what that means, but I, I don't know. Let's talk about the, the, the two styles it's marrying. Um, I The Hazy IPA. Is it East Coast or New England IPA that it's marrying with the West Coast? New England. Okay, because an East Coast IPA is different than a New England. Fair enough, I misspoke. Yes, New England, a New England IPA married with a West Coast IPA. So is it just hazy and bitter? That's a damn good question. Um, <laughs> for me, the hazy IPA is the beer is the IPA that beer geeks love to hate to love to hate. Um, they are essentially the wild ex girlfriend of all craft beer geeks. Uh, we say we're over them. And then we constantly leave embarrassing voicemails wanting for wanting makeup sex. I mean, that's <laughs> I, a pretty solid description. <laughs> I can't I can't tell you how many times someone will come in. I'll see someone go into a tap room or come into my tap room, loudly proclaim they're over this hazy IPA craze. The next day they're drinking a hazy IPA. Or right there. Then they'll say, well, I'll try that one. Sink five of them. And then they're under the table, even though they're over the IPA. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Take a lap. <laughs> um, brewed IPAs are basically terrible, but for a few examples, uh, a shout out to Anderson Valley, who seems to have done one. Also, the local brewery, Mad Swede, seems to have accomplished a decent brewed IPA, but uh, luckily I think they're going to go away before we have to give them an, a whole new category, and they're just going to be remembers that one day we fucked around with uh, wine yeast. The one nice part about the brewed IPA from the brewery side... It's super fucking cheap to make. What? Where a hazy IPA is going to be way more expensive. Because champagne yeast to dry out the IPA and the brewed IPA will eat through damn near any fucking sugar. So you don't have to have as high of a starting gravity on that. It's a smaller hop bill because usually they're about 35 IBUs. Um, and so that smaller grain bill, smaller hop bill makes life a little bit easier. Now, with the hazy IPAs, you're putting an ass load of fucking hops in <laughs> late. So, yeah, you're just hosed. <laughs> um, and then there was the West Coast IPAs, which in their heyday were basically... 
I, I don't know. They were, brewers were using IBUs as a measuring tape for their dicks. I, I feel like I, that was that was the days when people would they would loudly proclaim 100 IBUs, 120 IBUs, 300 fucking IBUs, 1,000 IBUs. Count them all. I dare you. <laughs> and you're like, but can't the human body only taste 100 IBUs? Shut your whore mouth, Tyler. There's a thousand in this one. I want you to taste them all. Basically, a hop is going to kick you in the back of the throat and leave you for and dead. And then jizz all over it. <laughs> Just loop you in! <laughs> oh, you are so lucky you could not see that motion Tyler just did. <laughs> That's going to haunt my dreams. Uh. That was a hop. <laughs> <laughs> the... So anyway, so that brings us back to this new American IPA. The way it's the the way the article kind of makes it sound, this brewery is basically known for their extremely dry West Coast IPAs. So it kind of sounds like a precursor of a brewed IPA. Hazy? I... Uh, it's this one's they they describe this one as being uh fruit forward like the hop fruit forward. They didn't mention haze at all. But well so balanced. It's gonna be a bitter, juicy IPA. That's kind of what they describe. But I mean, obviously, I don't live in Chicago, so it's gonna be a while before we grab one. This kind of reminds me of when uh, two local breweries here in the Treasure Valley, Barbarian Brewing and Sockeye Brewing, partnered up to do a brute hazy IPA. Oh yeah, the brutally hazy. Which was actually pretty solid. A little odd. You know, I remember trying it a couple times and not really getting into it. It just it just seemed like that tastes like hop water. It wasn't the delicious IPA. It was that is hop water. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was good. It to me, it didn't hit all the right notes for what I wanted. But I don't know if I've ever wanted a dry hazy beer. So well, that well, you may get one because and that's that's the new American IPA. I think what, this is going to be along the lines of a brewed IPA and just a flash in the pan. But uh, I guess uh, half acre. If you uh, if you if someone someone there listens to this, um, send us one or don't. It's up to you. <laughs> okay, so Jeremy, you s- said you had a little fun movie nugget. Uh, I do have one more thing. Uh, Thor drinks craft beer news now. So uh, this story from Jess Baker at uh, craftbeer.com. Georgia craft beer fans are positively giddy. Since the new trailer for the Avengers Endgame came out earlier this month, uh, the trailer depicts a sullen Thor nursing a beer, and upon further inspection and a lot of frame-by-frame analysis revealed that he was indeed drinking Athena, a Berliner Weiss from Creature Comforts in Georgia, which... Is a delicious beer, because I have had it. (laughs) Have I? Have you brought that? I think uh, you had it at a bottle share that we did. One time when I also had the Cosmic Debris, the Tropicala, and then I think I had Athena there as well. Um, the uh, the craft beer uh, 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 fans in the area, of course, are going nuts, speculating why the God of Thunder would be uh, drinking a Berliner Weiss. Athena? I, I mean... That's the obvious. <laughs> well, it, it was obviously a movie prop, but I, I have to go with a few craft beer uh, people out there, which, in my opinion, especially after getting his ass royally kicked by thanos you wouldn't be nursing a berliner vice you'd be chugging a goddamn barley wine true i mean at or at that point you just switch to whiskey and stop pussyfooting around <laughs> that's th- 
Thor seems like a beer drinking kind of person, so I would start if I were him, I'd start draining my beer cellar. That's where all the barrel <laughs> aged beers would go. That's where all the uh, sours I've been saving up would uh, would end up. Um, but uh, I mean, at least it's good news that he's drinking craft beer and solid craft beer, not crafty beer. That was nice that they they uh, that the movie studio reached out to Creature Comforts and said, "Hey, can we do this?" And of course, they said. You want to feature a beer in one of the biggest movies ever? Yes. Let us think about the Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we can take away... Uh, the the author uh, said we can take away three things from this. I have one more thing to add. First of all, it's good to know that, uh, that uh, craft beer survives half the population of the entire galaxy dying. That means Budweiser's dead. That's what, that was what I'm like. <laughs> Fuck you, AB and Bev. Try your worst. Thanos can't kill, kill craft beer. You can't do shit. <laughs> and it is nice to know that since uh, Thor could pretty much have any beer he wanted within the Nine Realms or whatever that uh, the, the mythology there is, he wants a Georgia beer. Conveniently located where they happen to be filming it. That's a key point that most people are going to overlook, but <laughs> nice to know. <laughs> it is the reason, because they, they are filming a lot of that in Georgia. Georgia's becoming a, mil- a mini Hollywood now, so... That is way cheaper. That is where they. That is where that came from. Um, so thank you, Thor, for drinking craft beer. Um, sorry, you got your ass kicked by Thanos. <laughs> no, Tyler. Anything to add? No, I think that about wraps it up. Okay, well, this has been it's all beer. If you have any comments, questions, or drunken outbursts, uh, we'd more or less like to hear them. Uh, you can reach us at uh, on Facebook or Twitter at it's all beer. And by email at itsallbeer at gmail.com. Music was Retro Future Dirty by Kevin McLeod. And yes, you can find more of his work at incompetech.com. And of course, uh, subscribe and leave a review because it pleases the uh, podcast gods and makes Tyler squeal like a little girl. Woohoo! Okay, never mind. <laughs> Actually, if you want more of that, just know every time you leave a little uh, a comment, that's the sound he's making. Spraying Luke everywhere. Possibly in his pants. <laughs> and that, on that note, uh, that's all from us. Uh, uh, I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Oh, if you can, if you can still drink a beer, do so. Have a good night.